Good morning, London, and welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. As always, we pay respect to the traditional custodians of the land we're coming from, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. On to another busy sporting weekend as usual, Jono, and we'll start with football. And the Nations League again delivered some interesting results as France and England remained winless, while Ireland chalked up their first win 3-0 over Scotland. Greece also won their group after the 2-0 win over Kosovo, and Switzerland defeated Portugal 1-0. So, Jono... Obviously, at the end of a big, long season, especially for a lot of those European-based players, um, some interesting results, and obviously, coaches also playing around with their squads before the um, upcoming World Cup. Yeah, I think in particular, this is that was really the tester for a lot of these teams going into the World Cup as to see what really could mesh in any last-minute adjustments, because for the most part, you'd think that their selections are kind of in, in that final stage right now. Yes, there's a bit of time from now to then. But for the most part, I think they know what squads they want to go in. So it's a great opportunity to have a little bit more competitive than a normal friendly. Just that slight edge in that. So it gives that bit of an edge as well when trying to select some players. So I think overall it was a really good display. In particular, a lot of those top teams, they went in trying some different things. So we'll see what actually comes about then during World Cup time. The offseason also is the start of the transfer season, Jono. And already some big transfers look like they're going to be done. Darwin Nunes, Benfica to Liverpool, rumoured to be 80 million euros or pounds there. Uh, so a massive deal there if that goes through. Frankie de Jong, Barcelona, Manchester United, looks like it could happen. Mm. Barcelona obviously needing to raise funds if they're going to do any transfer activity. Lewandowski uh, and Bernardo Silva rumoured to possibly going to Barcelona. Well, Orlan Tuchamani, Monaco to Real Madrid, has been confirmed. A young Frenchman. Yep. Uh, looks a good player. And obviously, Real Madrid building for that next generation uh, with Casemiro and Modric and Cruz coming to the end of their careers. And Richarlison, Everton to Tottenham. Another one that's come out of the last couple of days. $51 million, apparently rumoured there. But, uh, lots of money. Any of those transfers stand out for you, Jono? Yeah, I mean, look, I do think that the Frankie Dion to United, I think that would be good for United if that does happen. Um, will it Will it actually see through? I'm not sure. I mean, they, that is pretty much the only team right now that's really linked to Tim. Um, the Richarlison one is, just kind of stands out as a, a bit random. I do think that Richarlison's a great player, so I think it could really add as well to Tottenham. Um, and maybe it just shows, like I said, Tottenham's going to have a big splash this summer, so maybe that's just the, the, the tip of the iceberg there, and they bring in some others. But... Um, it was a bit interesting to hear that one, whereas the others have had a little bit of chatter. That was a bit of a random one that just all of a sudden broke. Um, so we'll see what happens though. Also, by the time this podcast goes to air, we will know if Australia have made it through to Qatar 2022. A massive game against Peru, World Cup qualifier, uh, Tuesday morning Australian time. So hopefully, John, fingers crossed Australia. As we said last week, it doesn't matter how we got through. It was a, a tense victory over the UAE last week. Um, and we'll take the same this week as long as we end up in Qatar. So uh, hopefully, good luck to um, the boys over there. Also, some good news for the Australian football, the AFC Under-23 Asian Cup. The Australian team has got through to the semifinals. They'll be playing Saudi Arabia Wednesday night Australian time, while in the other semifinals, Uzbekistan versus Japan. So they'll be Thursday morning Australian time. So hopefully, it'll be good to see an Australian team get through to a final there. Rugby League, Jono, and we'll quickly, it was State of Origin Game 1 last week. We were both out there in the freezing cold in Sydney. And Queensland uh, proved a little bit too good, 16-10 over the Blues. Uh, Cameron Munster starring for the Queenslanders, but Jono sets it up for a massive game, Game 2 in Perth. 
Yeah, I mean, like like we touched on last week, I, I did think that this game one was a lot more important for Queensland in particular. And, I mean, they, they, they showed up and they took their opportunity. That was the difference. New South Wales did have plenty of chances when they when they should have scored. Um, but overall, it just, just, you know, New South Wales need to sort things out. Um, they need to play better. They need to play harder. They need to play smarter as well. And now they've not made it easy on themselves. You know, going into Perth, it's 50-50 there in terms of who's you know who has a bit of an edge playing there. But you know when it goes back to Queensland, no matter what that Queensland side is, they, they have the edge there. Um, so it's a must, must, must win in Perth and, and to really stamp a bit of authority to then go into Queensland. So it's something to be looking out for. Yeah, we need to see if Brad Fittler makes any changes for Game 2 as well. In the NRL, is Round 14, and the Cowboys continue their hot form as they beat St. George 31-12, to while Melbourne defeated the Sydney Roosters 26-18, to and Brisbane proved a little bit too good for an informed Canberra as they prevailed 24-18. to Top of the table, Penrith destroyed Newcastle 42-6, while Parramatta were upset by the Canterbury Bulldogs in the Queen's birthday clash, 34 points to 4. So Penrith remain top, followed by the Storm, Cowboys, and the Broncos. Well, the Roosters round out the top eight. AFL, Jono, and round 13 was headlined by the traditional Queen's birthday clash between Melbourne and Collingwood. And the Pies inflicted a third straight defeat on the Demons, 82-56. to While Brisbane down St Kilda in a top four battle, 78-57. to While Nat Fyfe made his long-awaited comeback in Fremantle's win over Hawthorne, 95-82. to Meaning, Brisbane now sit top on percentage followed by Melbourne and Fremantle and Carlton, while Sydney are sitting in 7th. Rugby and also the Super Rugby Pacific semi-finals. The Crusaders defeated the Chiefs 20 points to 7, while the Blues held on, beating the Brumbies 20 points to 19. So really a Blues-Crusaders final there in the Super Rugby. Cricket, Australia won the three T20 series against Sri Lanka 2-1, with Sri Lanka winning a thrilling third match in that series. While in the test series between New Zealand and England, the second test at Nottingham, New Zealand made a massive 553 in the first innings, while England replied 5 for 473. So looking like it could be heading to a draw there in the second test. F1 is the Azerbaijan race. Mm. And Red Bull driver Max Verstappen finished first, followed by Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez and Mercedes' George Russell. Meaning, Max Verstappen now leads at the top of the Drivers' Championship by 21 points over Sergio Perez and Charles Leclerc sitting in third, John. So not a good day for Ferrari. No, definitely not. But a huge result there for Max Verstappen as well to, to be able to take that one. And it was a fantastic race as well. Um, and hats off to you know to Mercedes for that because that, um, that's a big win for them to get that, those top spots there. It was UFC 275 over the weekend in Singapore, and Czech fighter Jiro Prozaka became the light heavyweight champion after defeating Glover Teixeira with a round five submission, while Valentina Shevchenko defended her women's flyweight title with a controversial decision over Talio Santos, while Weili Zhang also won her strawweight rematch against Joanna Zhezik with a brutal round two knockout. Following the fight, Joanna also announced her retirement for UFC, so we wish her luck in retirement there. Ice hockey, Jono, and we have our Stanley Cup finalists decided. It will be the Colorado Avalanches taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, who do you favor here in this matchup? Look, um, I think uh, what this uh, this last round really showed is, yes, the Avalanche are a great, great team, but this Tampa Bay team, they're going for a 3 P and they show why they have championship um, pedigree right there. They are they are a team to be a force to be reckoned with, um, and I think no matter what, 
the Avalanche need to be ready, that they need to pounce on their opportunities because that's one thing that the Rangers were not able to do. Let a game slip up and the momentum just completely changed. So for that reason, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, push for the Lightning to, to have a slight edge there because I think they'll get a little bit of momentum in this series. Once they get that, they're off. Um, and that's the difference there, I think, as well. As they, they, they know that once they get someone under their belt, they can they can comfortably take it from there. The action begins Thursday morning Australian time. Talking about series, John, the NBA, Boston versus Golden State Warriors. It hasn't disappointed. It's 2-2. Uh, by this time, we could have a, a series leader by the time this podcast goes to air. But, uh, John, it's been a uh, a series which has gone swayed in momentum. Yeah, definitely. And I think that um, from a Golden State standpoint as well, I think that they're a little bit upset by how much the bookies keep writing them off. Um, every single game going into this series and then after every single win or loss, it seems that no matter what, it keeps being in favor of Boston. Um, look, overall, this Boston team is a great team. They are a solid team from, from start to finish in terms of offense and defensively. But... I think Golden State really just has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder saying, why is everyone writing this off? In particular, Steph Curry's really stepping up. The others are struggling a little bit, but it shows that that team has so many threats that it only takes one to be firing in order for them to win sometimes. So I really think that I see Golden State now playing with that little bit of a chip there on their shoulder, and it makes for a great series, to be honest. Yeah, it should be a cracking end to that series there in the NBA. Well, Jono, one of the biggest sporting stories... Uh to come out over the last week and, and weekend uh, involved the golf world and it was the controversial LIV Breakaway Golf Tournament which had its first event over the weekend in London. Uh, this is a series which has been backed by the Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund who also recently acquired Newcastle United. And I guess the controversy that has arisen from this partnership has, has come from the Gulf Kingdom's appalling human rights record, uh, in, which has included the killing of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi in 2018, which was allegedly ordered by Saudi Prince Mohammed bin Salam. Uh, also, there's been substantial evidence of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people being frequently subjected to arrest in the kingdom. Jono, before we go into a bit more detail in regards to the tournament, what did you make of the coverage of the tournament. Obviously, there is no television broadcast, so it could only be watched online through through such things as, as YouTube. But what did you make of how it was presented and how it was reported on over this first event? Yeah, look, I mean, this is um, definitely something that's been just riddled with controversy from the beginning. Um, I think as well, in terms of even the announcements of players, uh, you know... <laughs> I, I the in particular one stand as Phil Phil Mickelson in terms of how he kind of went about with it. Um, I think he really just tried to evade some press. To to be honest, you know, he tried to kind of he wasn't announced originally, and then kind of went in there after. Then everyone's already talking about everyone else. Which, um, so I think it, it just shows that um, the the players do see you know the controversy around it in a sense. But then again, it's just showing that they're just saying, oh, well, I'm going to take this paycheck and I'm going to keep looking the other way. And I'm going to find a way that my name maybe isn't going to be talked about as much as the other guy. Um, so, I mean, look, I, I, I'm not in support of it. So, I, I mean, I hope that, um, you know, there are large reactions from the golfing world and in general, the sporting world as well. And maybe it's something as well, as you said, there, there's these links as well to Newcastle. So maybe it has that tie as well and potentially can have that trickle effect as well to potentially Newcastle moving forward too. Well, in terms of looking at the tournament uh, and what happened over the weekend, South African Charles Swartzel 
uh, won the inaugural event, and in doing so, pocketed Australian $5.6 million. Uh, in all, 17 golfers competed in the first event, which included, as you've mentioned, six-time major winner Phil Mickelson, former world number one Dustin Johnson, as well as Ryder Cup heroes Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood, and Ian Poulter. So the eight LIV tournaments this year will be worth a staggering US dollars, $255 million. Crazy. Crazy. And as you just mentioned there, John, in terms of what the players have actually said, and, and we did see the press conference where journalists did press the players in regards to their moral stance and what it wouldn't take for them to compete in such a tournament. But a lot of them have just reiterated that they're just golfers and the politics doesn't concern them. And all they're looking for is looking after their families and and making sure that they're going to be well off um, after their retirement. And obviously the money that's on offer, the last person, or the person that finished last over this tournament still pocketed $120,000, which is just staggering. But Jono, do you think they also need to think a lot more closer and a lot more, um, I guess, a lot more thoughtfully about the impact they are having in regards to being involved in a tournament such as this. Yeah, I mean, look, we we talk about it time and time again in terms of the influence, the impact that sport can really have. Um, And in this case, it's, it's, you know, these athletes, as we always say, are role models. You know, they're, they're people that the next generation really looks to. Um, they'll have their name written down in, in history in that sense as well. Now, what they're doing is they're basically just turning a blind eye to what is going on. You do have a responsibility to really step up and make sure you're doing things that, that are that are morally correct. Um, and what's happening right now is they're, they're literally turning a blind eye and saying, well, I'll just take the payout. I mean, you have someone like Dustin Johnson as well saying, you know, with that type of money, I can just retire after this. So clearly, it just shows that he's literally just worried. He he doesn't care now at this point. It seems of his of his golfing legacy. Now all of a sudden, he has all this money that's being talked about, and he's saying, "Well, I don't really care where that money's coming from. I don't care about what people think about me. I don't care how I'm going to be looked at in the future. I just want to get that money and retire and be sweet." Now, you know, you grow up as a golfer, as any sporting or anything. You have that competitive drive to continue to be the best. To, to be hungry for everything. What that shows as well is that there comes a point in some of these, in particular right now in this golf instance, where it's not about the competition anymore. It's just about that paycheck. And that's what's happening right now. And it's very sad to see some of these top golfers who are so highly respected as well at one point to now just be another player who's just taking a big payday for the sake of taking a payday not looking at what it is, and they do have a responsibility to comment about where this money is coming from. Being being affiliated with an organization like this, it's it's for them to just continue to deflect, deflect, deflect. Completely wrong. What kind of example are they setting for that next generation? They're, they're saying the example that, hey, whoever can just chase the biggest paycheck, that's what you need to do. That's what they're showing right now. And that is completely wrong. And goes against what, what all sports are about. Um, Inclusion. Yeah. And you're telling me you're working for... And whether they like to admit it or not, they are working for now an organization, yep, yep, yep. A, a state, a, um, a country that does not allow homo, does not allow homosexuals, does not allow gay and lesbian, does not allow people to be who they want to be. Yep. It is it is um, very much a, a conservative sort of country. So then, what I say then is also. 
do not come out in support of gay and lesbian athletes. Do not come in, out of supporting transgender athletes. If this is who you want to work for and this is this is the event you want to take place in, then don't come out on your Twitter account or yeah, your yeah. Instagram and start posting, you know, rainbow coloured uh, support for these for you know gay and lesbian transgender people because clearly you can't just have you can't be morally uh, in support of, of one organization but then obviously as you said turn your blind eye yeah when it comes to this is your lifestyle this is your job if it was any other job and and this is who you're working for you you'd hope that people would talk up and unfortunately um, the players that have gone in there have obviously in their head uh, thought you know what I can see past that and and as you said money is dictated uh Money has dictated um, their journey to to be yeah. part of this tournament. Yeah, it's it's um, when you look at it from the grand scheme of things as well, in terms of just the pure money sense. You know, a lot of these golfers, yes, it is hard on the tour and everything like that. So, you know what? Some of these golfers don't necessarily get access, let's say, to those huge pots of money. But when you look in particular at just Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson, I mean, these are golfers that not only have access to winning big PGA tours where they can have a big cash prize, but also the sponsorships, the recognition, things along those lines, the after-career broadcasting opportunities, public appearances, all that stuff. Well, for me, now that you affiliate yourself with this new tournament and all that you just mentioned there, um, that's just even scratching the surface in terms of you know all the, the wrong that this... Um, that where this money comes from basically so now you just now just saying well i'd rather just take my lump sum up front and then that's that and just hide away under a rock because you're not going to have that opportunity now, i really hope that you don't have that opportunity now to potentially broadcast to be a continued sponsor i hope we see you know these sponsors starting to to drop them quite frankly because you should not want to be affiliated with this so it's, it's ridiculous that they're just completely turning on blind eye. And again, they're just saying they don't care about their legacy. They don't care about their name. They just care solely about this paycheck. And it's just sad to see that happen. And kudos to Tiger Woods because apparently he was offered a nine-figured sum to come yeah. across here. And he said no. So to be fair to Tiger Woods, he's been through his own controversies. Yeah, yeah. But obviously he has some moral stance or high ground where money... It's not just all about the money. The other big decision that's come out, Jono, is is PGA Commissioner Jay Monaghan coming out and, and suspending those players that have gone across this Elevate tournament from the PGA Tour. It doesn't account for the majors, though, because the majors sit outside of that PGA Tour. Would you like to see now the majors or the people that control those majors actually also making that stance and banning these players from competing? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, in that sense, I would as well. I mean, I think it's you're making you you're making that decision, um, and you need to you know face face the consequences. Essentially, I don't think that they should be eligible because, like as we said, it, it shows as what type of person that is as well. Um, should that be then someone that we're putting in the spotlight, we're putting in the headlight, and giving them the opportunity as well. Um, so yeah, I, I I quite frankly say that if you're choosing this, then then so be it. You go that path. But you're not able to get back on any other paths, because um, you know what you're making that decision. Now you need to rest with that decision as well. The hypocrisy that also I see within this is apparently from what we've heard from Greg Norman and and the people that have created 
this tournament is they're trying to create a freer golf world, something that breaks away from the PGA Tour where they're not players are not re- just restricted and they can play um, anywhere, anytime, um, as they like it, and not restricted to just the tour. The funny thing is, though, they're just guinea pigs for this Saudi Arabian yeah. public fund anyway, for this golf kingdom who, we've used this term before, but sport washing, which has yeah. become which has certainly become more of a, a term over the recent few years. So even what they've said, the whole purpose of this golf tournament holds a lot of hypocrisy in it anyway in regards to it. It isn't a free golf tournament. It's just these players that are guinea pigs to these wealthy, this yeah. wealthy public investment fund who's able to throw cash at anything and, yeah. and hope that the other issues behind or the human rights issues that sit behind it just get washed away with with obviously the amount of money they're, money they're able to throw at these players. Yeah, and look, quite frankly, this this is not a good thing for golf. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. It's also not a good thing to then just basically just splash around this money and, and, and host these tournaments that these prizes are so large as well that let's think about it in a sense of, longevity of careers and things like that then golfers who are in it just for the money will say oh, okay i'll golf for one two years and then i'm done well what did that then do what did that contribute then to the sport itself as well um so there's a lot of different layers there's no here. competition yeah. there's no what so you're purely playing what the message that it's sending is they don't give a crap about the sport mm. they don't give the love of the sport's not really there no it's literally about the money. So is, yeah. why you started playing in this sport has been completely lost now. Yeah, yep. And it's a real disgrace because you, the whole reason people play sport in the first place, the reason you get involved in whatever sport you play is because you really love it and yeah. it's a real breakaway from the other realities of life. And and these guys are just making an absolute mockery of this. Yeah. And, and I 100% agree with that is that, as you said, when you start any sport, any passion project, any hobby, anything like that you start purely because you enjoy doing it, you love it, you you want to be the best at it, everything along those lines. And now it's gotten to a point where just the money, you just that's all you see is a dollar sign, and that's what you'll take. And you lost that passion, that burning inside for that, and the love for the game. That's what it shows is that they've they're just selling out to essentially just cash in that check, and Look, we've seen it in other sports as well, where you know big name players might potentially, you know, golf's a bit of an individual sport, but some big name players might switch teams, clubs, whatever it so be, for a big paycheck. We've seen it, and again, for the most part, that tarnishes the legacy. You, you know, you're 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 not the same then after that. So it's. But well, um, I think this is even. I think this is a worse. bigger yeah, thing rather than so just swapping worse. clubs. Yeah, this is this is substantially worse. Um, because of all the background context of exactly where this money is coming from. So it, if, if it's, it just blows my mind. I really hope we don't see any other names that are popping up, especially big names. Well, Patrick but... Reed, the 2018 Masters winner, has become the latest name to join. And as you said, the players do have power here. If yeah. they do not join, this LOV Golf Series doesn't exist. So no, it doesn't no, matter no. how much money is poured at them. But we've obviously seen where there's 18 names now that the money has become is enough to persuade enough and some big names there. It's not just some of the smaller names, which if you're playing devil's advocate, do you have sympathy for some of those players that aren't going to earn much money on the PGA Tour and and should they be taking this money? But again, that comes down to a moral stance. When, how much is, 
how much are you willing to take to, you know, push away yep. Yep. any other ethical issues that, that surround this? So I think it's going to be something that's going to rumble on this year, John. I don't think we've seen the last of it. Hope the PGA Tour hold strong and don't give in. And I also would love to see some of the majors come to the fore and actually start banning yep. some of these players. And if they don't care, well, then stuff them anyway. We don't need them. There'll be another Phil Mickelson. There'll be another Dustin Johnson. Yep. Who really cares? We don't yep. need them. There's enough golfers out there. So, um, But I do think it's a real it's a real turning point here for sport and, and the way it deals with these social issues because it can't just be silent. and It yep. needs to start saying something. People need to start standing up to it. So... As I said, it'll be a story that I'm sure we'll keep covering here. Um, it hasn't gone away, um, and it'll be interesting to see where it all goes. Johnny, the other big story coming out of America, I know there's a lot going on in America at the moment, is obviously we've seen the, the tragic mass shootings that have happened and that have affected so many communities and so many people over in America. And we've seen sport trying to give a voice to, to gun legislation, which is a conversation which has gone on for decades in America. We saw the men's football team, soccer team, wearing orange uh, armbands in their friendly game against Uruguay uh, to raise awareness of gun violence and call on elected leaders in the U.S. to pass further restrictions on gun ownership. Uh, The team also sent letters to members of Congress to try and get stuff passed through. We saw Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr, an impassioned uh, plea after one of the playoff, in one of the playoff um, press conferences following Uvalde elementary mass shooting. Um, and American Coco Goff, in her semi-final win in the French Open, wrote uh, a message on her on the camera um, after her win. Jono, being an American, you know the gun culture. You grew up in the gun culture. How much do you think an impact can sport play in regards to changing some of the legislation in America and trying to get some of these mass shootings down in America? Because the numbers are ridiculous, especially coming from an Australian perspective. Yeah. I mean, look, this is, this is when sport individual athletes um really can can step up for for the greater good um we talk about often that you know sport it it breaks down barriers um you know where people of all different backgrounds uh religious views political views um can all sit together and watch a game and, and bond over that well now is also the time as well for these athletes to to continue to step up um and continue to speak out i mean it's it's quite frankly absolutely ridiculous that um, parents have to live in fear of, you know, as soon as they hear something that they have that fear that something could have happened to the children at school, um, that going to the shopping mall can can be something somewhat of danger, um, you know, because of all these shootings. I mean, there there have been in America more mass shootings than there have been days in 2022. That is absolutely ridiculous. So having access um, to such weapons at all time, um, things need to change. Um, there definitely needs to be change. I mean, this, this, it's gotten out of hand at this point. Um, and I think it's, we need more voices such as all these athletes, coaches, um, to continue to speak up. It needs to be across Hollywood needs to be more politicians. Anybody who has an ability to voice the concerns at, in a broad, way that can reach a a good number of people needs to step up because you know i know it you you can't look away from what's happening here 
You just really can't. Regardless of what political yeah, party it, you stand for yeah, as well. It's, it's not, yeah, it, it doesn't come down to... It has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with being a Republican or Democrat at this point. What this has to do with is one's safety, one's life, one, that constant battle of living in a bit of fear, walking down the street and living in fear. Again, going to the shopping center to just go get some groceries and having that fear that that, that could be the last time. Or going to school as well. Children at school. Like, it is just absolutely ridiculous. And there, there needs to be things that get put into place. We need to be stronger about this. We need bigger voices out there. It's no longer can we allow um, the the NRA to really just, just run and do whatever they want. We need, you know, it needs to be some sort of governance here. We can't allow for them to keep bullying this. And again, it's this is this has nothing to do with party lines. It has nothing to do with that. This is this is a human thing now at this point where we need to step up as human beings and look out for each other. How is that looking out for each other? You know, it's 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 ridiculous. And again, it comes down to everybody needs to, to just take a step back, not think about all these prior beliefs and everything and the norms that we need to be you know, I'm. I believe I support these people, so I believe that we should have the right for this. No, it's 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 no longer that. It's what do you actually think is the right thing here? Let's let's think sensible here. What is that? Is that really the right thing? And again, what some of these athletes are speaking up against, and let's say for example, someone like Steve uh, Steve Kerr when he spoke up, we're not there. There there. It's those steps to take to make it at least safer as well. Okay, we're not just saying let's oh, ban banning guns. guns. Yeah. So, you know, everybody in America has such a rich history of guns. The Second Amendment that was made years and years and years ago when it was a very different time, but yet we're still, for some reason, stuck on that amendment today. But he's, they're not even saying just ban everything. It's just taking steps to make it safer for, for our children, for, for, uh, for adults, for, for elders, for whoever, just people on the street. So it is quite ridiculous that it's the same thing that somehow, you know, you get these political divides that this is this has nothing to do with that. So I think athletes should continue to speak up. I think it when they have the opportunity to, they need to take that opportunity because the more awareness that grows, the more that the movement can happen. Um, and it definitely it, it we should never be in this place. It should have it should have never been in this place. It should have always, you know, had tighter restrictions. Been a battle going on and on and on. But you know what? There comes a point where enough is enough, and this is this is way beyond that as well. So there really needs to be a point right now where we need to step up. So whoever you are, if you have a platform and an ability, you need to speak up right now to make sure that there is change that goes on in America. Well, let's hope, Jono, this is a tipping point, and real change starts happening in America. As you said, it's not actually even about banning guns, but at least try and get some legislation in there where it makes it more difficult and. And there were strict, and there were stricter rules around gun ownership. So, fingers crossed, and we'll see what what yeah. happens over this year. Well, as always, Jonathan, we'll end on a little bit of a lighter note. Five quick questions. I think you're asking me this week. Yep. Are you ready? Let's go, mate. All right. So, Wimbledon is coming up. Roger Federer is saying, you know, the recovery is going a little bit slower than than as he planned. Let's say in the end, he does not play this Wimbledon. Is that going to be the retirement of Roger Federer? It's looking like it's getting to that stage isn't it Jono he may have maybe one more in him if he doesn't make this one but it's looking like his body's just as like anyone age is catching up with yeah. even the best of the athletes so hopefully we, we see him at least once more time one more time uh, but we'll just have to wait and see with Roger yeah it's going to be an interesting one 
Um, as we touched on before, um, Tampa Bay Lightning, they, they're going on to the Stanley Cup Finals there. Um, the Rangers have been a good side over the recent years, but how disappointed should they be blowing a 2-0 series lead? Super disappointed. I think they, they put themselves in a position there where they could have won that series, uh, but it just shows you the Lightning and uh, the mental fortitude in that team as well to come back from 2-0 down. They they still would have believed they could they could win that series. Um and obviously, they got through and, and they're on to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it's great great work for them. Um, switching over to the NBA. Um, game 5 coming up. Who's it more important to? Boston or Golden State? I actually think it's more important for Boston. If Golden State win Game 5, I reckon they'll win, this, they'll win the series. So I think Boston needs to win, especially rebounding off their home loss yeah. with Steph Curry having such a massive game. Obviously, we know how crucial he is. Um and that's been the difference in this series. Is He's Steph, been consistent. Yeah. Is Steph Curry, they've, they've got that one player who can just explode. Boston have a really good team, yeah. um, but probably not that one player who can explode like that. So I think it's actually more crucial for Boston to win Game 5. Yeah. Um, who were who you most impressed with in the Nations League? So far? So far, yeah, so far. Uh, Denmark have been quite good in, in France's group. Um I know the Italians have, have been trying some youngsters as well, which is probably a good thing for Mancini with no World Cup to look forward to. So some of those youngsters have been have been good looking at that next generation. Um, I have to say the Greeks, mate. <laughs> no goals conceded. Already won our league. We'll be promoted into the next group. Um, so that'll be good. And also the Welsh. I think after, the, obviously, the high of qualifying for the World Cup, they've come back with a, couple, a close loss to Holland and a draw with Belgium. So... They're doing quite well as well, but it's um it's probably been good for those smaller nations, yeah. these nations like I, I don't take some of those bigger nations uh, right now. They they really rotating through their squads. Yeah, I agree as well. Some of those smaller nations really have been impressive. Um, last one after the big loss of for Parramatta against the Bulldogs, should we still consider them one of the top teams in the NRL? Because it shows that they have some holes there. I still think they are on paper, but that there's always that question mark with Parramatta. Um, in terms of being able to get up week in, week out. They can get up sometimes with those big games, but losing some of those games, there's still a question mark over their mentality, and especially when it comes to the back end of the year. So I do expect them to be there, but I still don't think they're good enough quite to win it, more mentally rather than the talent they've got on the field. Yeah, I mean, uh, big loss there. Um, in, in but great, in Josh Adekar, hat-trick. Yep. Do we see him back in origin? That He's put up. He's obviously put up a statement there for Fitless, so um, great to see him back in some form. Well, that brings to the end another episode of Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. As always, thank you for your support and good night.